Welcome players, listeners, loyal fans, and everything in between. You are now listening to the Tuesday Night Recap of Cash Considerations. My name is David Griffin, a.k.a. your boy D. Griff. And joining me on the show is my main man, Dave Sherapin. How are you doing, my friend? I'm great, man. Late night talk is what we do, and me and you are going to get at it right now. I'm telling you, man, we're the best night owls in the business. Um, <laughs> last week was a little rough for us, bro. I don't. I really don't know what to say. It wasn't our best yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, no, not at all. I mean, it, well, I mean, it, I think it starts with us not having really strong opinions. You know, we were kind of cherry picking the board. We weren't excited about the college card at all. And you know, we found a we found our way to a couple winners. You know, Clemson was really easy. That game played out like it was supposed to. Right. Uh, you know, we just can't get the San Diego State team right. I didn't know what to make of that number. You were really kind of on Stanford, you know, kind of bouncing back and off of their loss. And what we saw was what can happen when a team loses a big rivalry game. They kind of went, not backwards, but they were really lackluster. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I didn't expect that, especially not from a David Shaw coach team. Something that was really telling to me is I don't know if you saw the little beef they had at halftime when they were leaving the field and the teams kind of crossed paths and David Shaw stopped the San Diego, State, uh, San Diego State team and started yelling at the coach, like, don't cross our paths and stuff like that. And I saw that and I'm sitting there watching and I'm like, man, this you could tell the team wasn't focused. You know what I mean? When your head coach is, is throwing a fit over little stuff like that, you know, like, the focus of the team is really not together. And at that point, I was like, oh, man, this is not looking good. And San Diego State could smell the smell the blood in the water, man. I, kudos to them. I, I I can't get mad at them one, one bit. No, man. And that kid, uh, Penny, the running back, he's actually from Vegas. I just found that out this week. He went to Canyon Springs High School. Um, he is bringing it. He's playing like a man trying to get a, a shot at the NFL. And you know what? That's so kid. that's so crazy. I, I remember when I played high school football here and we played against Canyon Springs. One, they sucked at that time. We were dominating at Palo. But two, Canyon Springs did have athletes, man. So I'll give it to that. They got boys who can fly. They feet barely touch the ground when they're run. So um, that's cool. At least, you know, he don't beat my butt two weeks in a row. At least I can say to kids from Vegas, give me a little bit of homage then. <laughs> He's right. getting back his revenge for what you guys did to them in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's <laughs> – oh, killing uh, me, man. We had a what? couple other games that were – you know, the Tennessee-Florida game, we just touched on briefly and said take the points in the game. It's a rivalry game. They go back and forth every time they play. Wouldn't you know, it's 20-20 to 20 with three seconds left. Kid from Florida throws a Hail Mary bomb, and it gets caught. I don't know what the safety was doing for Tennessee, but he missed the ball. Touchdown, Florida. They don't kick the extra point in college. It lands on six. So if you got it late, you pushed. If not, you, you lost by half a point on a Hail Mary, which will give you something to talk about for a week. Wyoming at home against Oregon. I give up on Wyoming. I'm done. Uncle, the kid who's going to be the quarterback drafted in the NFL, doesn't have the talent around him. Wyoming's not going to be competitive, or at least not yet. Wait, wait, yep. wait. Hold on, Dave. Dave, 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 Dave. Hold on. Hold on one second. What? Hold on, before you before you go jump off the edge and you're giving up on our on our boy Wyoming, all right? And I'm not gonna say that I know very much about the Mountain West Conference, even though I should know a lot more because UNLV's in there and I try to follow them as good as I can. But I know Wyoming has a pretty good matchup this week, and I'm thinking this is should be the week that this kid should bounce back and they should actually look like 
They should actually look like what everybody's hyping them up to be. They're going against Hawaii at home. Hawaii doesn't have a great defense whatsoever. Their offense is better. Their offense can definitely score points. And we had them earlier in the year. We had them week one, and they had a a nice little upset for us. But I'm looking at this line. They're minus six and a half at home, and I'm saying this has to be the game where they shows up, right? This has to be the game where the hype meets the field, the grass. Well, Hawaii is a a state of islands, and I'm going to leave you on an island with this (laughs) pick. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, you know, you're my boy and everything, and I love when we're on the same side of a game. But I have thrown up the white flag with Wyoming, so you are out on your own. You probably look great in a grass skirt. You can do the hula and, and, and sing the whatever song you want to sing. We'll get you a ukulele, and you can bet against Hawaii. But you're on an island with this one, Griff. All on your own, brother. Wow. All right. No, that's cool. I'm 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 comfortable out there. You know what I mean? I like the cool little breeze when it comes through my my little grass skirt. I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? I'm comfortable <laughs> with my picks. What what else did we have last week? Last week in college, the last one that I remember that we had was we had the home dog Mississippi State catching 7 or 7 and a half against LSU. They won 37 to 7. Uh complete taking LSU to the woodshed. Yeah, uh, one of those kind of money line dogs that Al talks about. We know it's college, and he didn't jump in there and say, "Oh, money line." He did jump in on the money line on Wyoming, though. Remember that? We yeah, he did. Sound effect. He's like money line special. Um, too bad he didn't say that for uh, Mississippi State, but we'll take the W there. Pro, we can run down real quick. Tennessee, Jacksonville. We just didn't know what to make of the line. You like Jacksonville? We know how that ended up. Exactly yeah. what Al said. Remember when he said, we're going to end up talking about me holding the ticket going, why in the hell do I have Jacksonville? <laughs> it was a slow, drugged-out game. They both were playing defense. I think it was like 6-6 six to six or 6-9, to nine, almost pretty much up until halftime. And uh, it was kind of a difficult watch. In the second half, it just looked like the Jaguars just, just didn't have enough. They just they just kind of like gave up. Um, sometimes yeah, that you was... them, sometimes you can't. Right, and that was one of those games, too, that I think we were kind of fading the public, and the public got it right this week. I don't know about you. I've cashed more parlay tickets this week already than I usually do in a month. Right. And, you know, everybody had it right. The favorites went 6-2 and early. They kind of split in the afternoon. Um, Well, Oakland was the big favorite that won in the afternoon games, and then after that it got uh, Atlanta home late was a lot of the ones that closed a lot of the parlays. And the overs. Mm -hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Over in that Atlanta game was perfect. And depending on where you got that uh, Patriots game, that went over also. Right. And those games were kind of went exactly as we said. We were right on those where we were just kind of hoping, not trying to pick the winner per se, but with the point spread, just root for a lot of touchdowns and fantasy teams to do good. Everybody's fantasy team did good in that New Orleans uh, <laughs> New England game. <laughs> no kidding, really. And uh, the Green Bay guys didn't do good in the late game for fantasy, but Atlanta – Everybody lit it up. The other game we had over, Allen's three-game three special overs, um, Miami and the Chargers. My God, they got into the red zone, it seemed like, every trip, and it ended up being a field goal. I mean, the Dolphins, I think, kicked four or five field goals, and the Chargers kicked two. So that one should have probably gone over, but didn't. Our best side of the week was Pittsburgh. There was something fishy about that line back when we looked ahead on on tuesday last week right and then your beverage guys gave out the the vikings <laughs> and 
We got to find out this week, Griff. You got to find out who the beverage guys play is this weekend. Yeah, that's the inside information right there, man. Whoever he's taking, we're fading him. But yeah, I think a, a lot of people just didn't really find out till really late that uh, Bradford was was hurt, was limping. Like I said, Minnesota looked really good the week before that night against the Saints, but I, I've been fading the Saints a long time. I really think they're an older team, and, and they really need a regime change there. So the uh, the other games we were on, you had a lean with uh, the Rams against oh. the Redskins, and you know the Rams showed their true selves this week, right? Oh, we, we questioned the line in that one. I mean, you watched it. What did you What did you see? Um, the Rams got athletes. But the quarterback, he, I guess you could say, against the first week against the Colts, what you saw, you really didn't see, because this week he looked like a like a second year quarterback who struggled his first year and still trying to figure the game out. Uh, right, everything looked like it was moving faster. Yeah. To, to what I saw was he looked unable to make the adjustments because the windows weren't there, or he was feeling pressure a lot faster. So he was like a second or two. It looked like a beat behind on a lot of plays. Uh, the other thing that really, really surprised me was just the Redskins' ability to run the ball. I thought the Rams' D-line was going to be able to control it, and I also thought with Darnold back that they would be able to shut down the run, and the Rams, I mean, the Redskins really did a good job of being able to get those two guys whose names I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head. I think one guy's name is literally, I think, Thompson, and I only know that because I saw the back of his jersey way too much during the game. Yep, and... The other game we were on, you, uh, we talked about Dallas and Denver. You, you sniffed it out there. You said, I don't know why, but something is pulling me towards Denver. Well, I know what it is now. That defense is for real. No joke what they're doing in Denver. I think they call it the no-fly zone. <laughs> they dominated that game. Zeke had nine yards on eight carries, and they couldn't get going. That one – the only thing that stopped Denver was that weather delay, some 60-minute, <laughs> you know, thunderstorm, lightning, some sort of weather delay that you never see in the NFL, right. and that caused the whole rigmarole in the book. Where's the Dallas game? Where's it at? You know, it's not on the TV. Guys, relax. They're in a weather delay. Calm. We didn't turn the TV off. Everybody calmed down. <laughs> it was crazy. And, uh, yeah, you were all over that one. I give you complete credit there. Yeah, right. Isn't that is that not the greatest like nickname for your uh your defense right there? Like anytime your defense has a nickname, you know it's legit. Like they got the no fly zone, you got out in Seattle, you got the Legion of Boom, you know, your Steelers, they had the steel curtain. Like anytime you get a nickname, you know it's legit. Dak didn't look great and he hasn't looked amazing to me in the first two games, but really what I think it is is I'm not a big Des Bryant fan. I don't think Des Bryant has the ability to separate like he used to. And I knew going up against a guy like Atib Dalib and those other cornerbacks and safeties that they have for the Broncos, they were going to be physical with him. They're not a, they're not going to shy away from that physicality, and he's not going to be able to run away from him. So Dak is going to have to really fit those passes and, and throw his guys open. And Dak doesn't have that ability yet. He has the ability. To, he's, he's okay when it comes to his accuracy, and he's a smart quarterback, and he's able to make plays, but he can't throw guys open like the really great quarterbacks can do like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady alright so uh, yeah let's go ahead and take a look at that fight man that fight was something did you get a chance to watch it I did watch it I was going to tell you um, Saturday night if you could make it but you were working I watched it at a family's house 
and there were a bunch of people there. Everybody was rooting for Canelo. There wasn't a person there rooting for Triple G. Oh, man. So I walk in in the second round and sit down and get to watch the fight in its entirety. I did miss the first round, watch the second round on. When the fight was over, every single one of those people stood up and said, well, it's a shame. He fought okay, but, you know, he lost. Maybe they'll do a rematch and we can watch it again, you know. They announce the card, the first card, 118-110. And I immediately giggle out loud, who could that be for? Like, I couldn't see a 118-110 result in either guy, but it had to be Triple G. Then they say Canelo Alvarez, and I stand up and say, it's over, it's fixed, because I think they're going to give it to Canelo. The next guy gives it to, to, to Triple G, and the last guy miraculously has it a draw. Dude, I didn't even know what to do except answer all of the texts from the guys in the board <laughs> and say, thank goodness I'm not down there trying to explain this to customers why if they bet a decision, they lost. But if they bet the guy straight during the fight, it's a refund. Oh, man. So I was at work at the time. And let me tell you what happens. So me and my buddy, me and my buddy, Neil, we're at work. And the both of us went in and put bets in. We both bet the U.S. fantasy, and we took Canelo Alvarez by decision, which was five to one, and we took uh, Gennady Gnutkin by decision, which was six to one. So we're sitting there and we're watching the fight. We have our screens up at work, and and as we're watching it, we're going, "Oh wow!" Like Glovekin controlled the whole, pretty much most of the fight. The first three rounds, I probably would have gave to Canelo, and then but after that, Glovekin was just walking him down sizing him up, you know, keeping him on the run. It it was he was pretty much controlled the whole fight until like the last round where it, you could tell Canelo knew he was losing the fight and he was just throwing. You know right. what I mean? So he, maybe maybe even the 12th, the 11th and the 12th. I, yeah, I the argue. 11th and the 12th. Um you could tell Canelo knew he was losing, he was just throwing as much as he can to see what he could get. And even with that, Glovkin never backed down. Glovkin didn't, like, shy away from any of that contact. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's got it, no problem. So we're watching the feed on our Twitter, and as soon as the fight's over, before they announce the winner, the feed, the feed ends. It's over. So we're like, okay, cool. We're not even worried about it. We're sitting there talking about going to cashing our tickets together and, like, all this other stuff. And this woman walks up, and she goes, hey, so uh, do I, I don't, what happens now? Do I get my money back? And she's got a Canelo Alvarez ticket. And we're like, no, you don't get your money back. He lost. And she was like, uh, no, it was a draw. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, wait. I was like, no, honey, uh, Glovkin, like, he won, da 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 and she's like, oh, okay, someone called me and told me it was a draw, so, all right, sorry. And she, like, turns around and walks away, and as she's walking away, we're, we have ESPN up on the big screen, it comes across the bottom, fight ends in a draw. And I was like, both of us were so flabbergasted, we couldn't even get the words out to call the woman back to the window and so oh, she no. could get her money back. It lit, one of the other guys who was working in the book had to go chase her down and bring her back in, and then maybe about... It couldn't have been more than 15 minutes. It was like a C. It was like, almost like they lit, like a dam broke, and they lit. All the people started to come in and flood in with these tickets. To everybody's just getting refunds, and it it, it was so mind blistering. The guy Neil that I'm working with, 
I, after about like six people, he's cashing out and explaining. And one guy comes up and he's like the only guy in there who had the five way bet that had the draw on it. So right. he didn't, he doesn't get his money back. And now he's all upset and we're explaining it to him. Like one of my guys is like, Hey man, can I just go home? Like, I can't take it anymore. I can't. <laughs> Worst case scenario. Uh, that is the worst case for a sports book. It was the worst case scenario for a sports book. It was the worst case scenario for boxing. How can this possibly happen? It can't be that bad. At least if you would have had 115, 113 Canelo, you could have a discussion. But yeah. 118 to 110, you couldn't even have that for Triple G, let alone Canelo. That means 10 rounds to two. Impossible. You could watch the fight 100 times and not even blink to come to that conclusion. There's, It's impossible. Our man Big Al wrote a great column in Gaming Today this week. If you guys haven't read it, go to Gaming Today and read Alan's column. His solution is kind of different than mine. His He offered actually having more judges. So you have a majority opinion. He had said five judges, seven might be too many. But now if there's five and you take the average of all of them, you can end up getting rid of the bad judge scorecard. My solution is a little different. I want a scoreboard up above the ring with all three judges round-by-round round score. You enter it electronically. So oh. everyone in the arena, everyone on TV can see where the score is at all times of the rounds. So now it brings into play, look, Triple G's corner in the ninth round goes, dude, you've lost every round according to this judge. you got to go knock this guy out if you're going to beat him there. The other yeah. two, we can stay on and win. So now there's accountability, and everyone has their name tied to their scorecard immediately. It's the only sport. Think about it, Griff. It's the only sport we don't know the score during the game. We only find it out when it's done. As far as I'm concerned in this sport, it's dead. And I and I told a but I told one of my buddies this fight makes boxing lose all of its credibility, and I don't think this fight killed the sport because I think the sport was already dead before this fight. But I thought this fight had the chance to give it a little shot of adrenaline because people were excited about it. It's supposed to be two really good fighters, but and, and but what a decision like that you just lose all of your credibility. It's it's the WWE to me as far as I'm concerned now. The fight. And that, that's what a lot of people are saying, Griffin, even though they're saying that. And a lot of people, I think, agree with you. Mm -hmm. the, the representatives are meeting tomorrow to discuss the rematch at Cinco de Mayo in May. No, it, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to sell. People are going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. But like I said, it's WWE and the fact that people watch wrestling. It's, it's entertaining. But at the same time, everybody knows that it's fake. And that's how I'm looking at boxing. It's like... You're, I'm watching it because it's entertaining and I, I want to see these athletes out there doing their thing. But at the end of the day, I don't feel a level of like high credibility for who these got for when they have their title belts and all these things. Like I'm watching it and, and I see like these pictures post up on like on social media. You got you got uh, Garcia. He's got a ton of belts. Triple G still got his belts. Canelo's got a belt. Uh, Thurman, all these guys, they all have these random belts that nobody understands. You got decisions that don't make sense to anybody. And all your major marquee fights are just money pools. They're just doing everything they can to get as much money. Well, that's what has to change. And I can tell you from a wagering standpoint, how do you wager on it ever again? Like, how can you possibly, unless you get the word from the inside that this is what's going to happen, 
how can you legitimately put a wager on it with real money and say you feel confident about it? At least you get in a fair shake. Right. I hear you, man. I mean, easy money Mayweather is out of the game, so I'm not going to be betting my money on boxing no time soon. I'll tell you that much. Right. I agree with you. Yeah, dude, two guys emailed me or texted me today and said, when is your next podcast? Uh, you got to send me the links or something so I get an alert when it comes out. I was like, Perfect. relax, I'll send you the text. <laughs> let's let's take a quick look at uh, the upcoming week and, and some stuff that we can actually bet on and feel confident about. Oh, perfect. I love it. Um, one thing I feel really, really confident about, and uh, we'll take a we'll take a step to college football. And I told you I've been looking at the Mountain West for some reason. It's UNLV's in the Mountain West, and um, and UNLV looks awful they they bounced back last week they got a they got a big win against idaho i'm going to talk about idaho a little bit later but UNLV is playing ohio state on the road one of those games where ohio state plays a really pays a really really bad team a bunch of money to come in and get their hind parts kicked and i think that's exactly what's going to happen i think UNLV is completely outclassed i think they're going to get ran off the field i think it's another one of those games to where Ohio State isn't playing well, and they're going to have UNLV come in there and just drum them and try to use them as a catapult to literally propel their season forward again. The line is minus 40 for Ohio State, and honestly, that's a big line, but I don't think they could have made it big enough. I think it's going to be at least 56-0. to Fair enough. I don't think that this is the game where we look at how many points is UNLV going to score? They can't possibly score more than six. I think right. they may get two field goals. They're not getting a touchdown unless Ohio State, you know, snaps a punt past them and then UNLV goes and falls on it. UNLV is not scoring offensively. What's your next game on college? My next game is, like I mentioned, Idaho. UNLV just beat Idaho, which is a shame for Idaho, but it makes really good for us. Um, they're playing on the road this week against South Alabama. Um, not too greatly familiar with South Alabama. They're only one and two so far. But the two games that they lost, they lost to really good teams, power five school teams that ran through them. And then they played another school that was in their same league and they blew them out. But what just Idaho just doesn't, they don't look good. When you, they, they let UNLV score 40 points on them and they only scored 13 at home. So I'm assuming when they're going on the road and playing a South Alabama team, they should get ran through. South Alabama's minus three and a half. That's a short three and a half as far as I'm concerned, especially with a team at home. Um, I like South Alabama. Well, I can tell you this. You hit you hit us with a 40-point home favorite first against UNLV, and then you hit me with a game that I literally had to cycle through the entire rotation to find. <laughs> so for, for those of you still looking for Idaho-South Alabama, it's game number 397-398 this week in the rotation. It starts at 11 a.m. in South Alabama, and we're talking about Griff being on islands. Griff is back on the island on this one. I have no idea about this game at all. But I'm telling you, it was three and a half. It's going up to four now. I I wouldn't doubt if it goes up if it goes up even higher by the time the game kicks off. Um, I mean, I'm I'm digging for gems right now. All right, I'm, you I'm are digging. working. I'm in the this sand. Is... I'm 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 digging. You know what I mean? I'm trying to find you some gems. I'm trying to get these guys. That's what I want to do. I want to get these guys the uh the hitting the hitting stuff. What do you got working for this weekend? So you're working on finding these gems. I'm going to stick a little more mainstream. 
this week and just give you a couple games to keep an eye on the line as it goes. I don't really have a strong opinion yet on many of these, but I'm going to run them down because these are the games that people are going to be watching. I don't even know if you're going to be able to find a feed for your Idaho-South Alabama game, but (laughs) that's one of those things where you can keep checking in and watching it on your phone. Um, We're going to go Michigan-Purdue. Michigan's at Purdue to open their Big Ten season for both of them. Michigan's laying 10. Seems a little steep to me right off the bat. Um, My boys, Penn State, coming off of a thumping of Georgia State at home, 56 to nothing. A game in which my boy, James Franklin, called a timeout with 11 seconds left in the game, up 56 nothing to ice Georgia State's kicker. I don't know if you heard about this. He's getting no. buried back home. He called a timeout. The kid kicked the field goal as he was calling timeout and made it. He iced him. They lined back up, and he missed it. And the sideline went crazy like they just won the national championship. They just shut out Georgia State. 56 wow. So... Do a little research, Google it. You can read the stories. He's probably going to have to, you know, answer in his press conference tomorrow. But I'm keeping an eye on Penn State traveling to Iowa because now everyone sees that score, maybe doesn't know the exact situation. Penn State looks great. They're up to fourth in the in the uh, national pool. Yep. That's a tough game at Iowa. I'm looking to, to see where the line goes because if it reaches 14, it's a definite play on Iowa. Um, Cold-blooded. Yeah, baby. Florida, Kentucky. Florida's at Kentucky. Florida got that Hail Mary win against Tennessee to save their season, basically, and get their SEC conference schedule off to a good start. Kentucky's playing a lot better. Don't sleep on Kentucky in that one. The Pac-12, I know what I don't know. Washington's at Colorado. They're a 10-point favorite. My initial thought is Washington is the team to beat. And they're going to roll. Colorado's down this season. But we'll leave it at that and watch the line. The last one I want to just mention is Notre Dame at Michigan State. Huge rivalry game. Notre Dame righted themselves last week against um, BC on the road. Now they go back on the road to play a Michigan State team that's waiting for them. I like the dog in that one. That's it for me. No, I like a lot of those. You got some, some winners in there, man. I like Purdue. I really, really like Kentucky. That was going to be another one of my sleepers in there. So I, I can't I can't disagree with any of that. I think all of those are going to be uh, great games to watch and good lines to keep an eye on. All right, we're live. We're good. Well, here, let's take a look ahead to the NFL before it gets too late. How about this one? For the first, for the first look of the week, do you believe the NFL this week, there's... 16 games every week when there's no buys. Um, Tampa and Minnesota does not have a line because of the Bradford question whether he's going to play or not. So there's 15 games of the line. Have you noticed there are 10 road favorites this week in the NFL? 10. Wow. You know what? I didn't look at it. No, I did not realize that. But now that you see that. 15 games. Yeah. 10 of the 15 games are road favorites. I can't remember the last time that happened. If it's ever happened. We'll have to do a little research on our own to find out. But I'm telling you, what that tells me is now there's a huge difference between the haves and the have-nots. Yep. I mean, because the have-nots at least used to get the home field and maybe be pick them. Dude, Cleveland's favored on the road this week. Cleveland. 
This is in, it's incredible. I think Cle- this is the first time Cleveland's been a favorite since 2015. Right, and it's and on the road. Anywhere. And now it's on the road. Yeah, so I think I don't know if the, if the lines makers, the books are reeling a little bit from this past week. I mean, some people hit some parlays this week, brother. There was stories out. Somebody hit an eight-dime five-teamer to win a quarter million dollars. The same guy had this three-team speed five dimes to win 30. Um, there was a lot of people throwing a lot of money around on some favorites, and they all won. I mean, the only favorite that didn't get there late was Seattle. Um, and early on, it was just checkmark, 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 favorite, favorite, favorite. The money lines, the teasers, everything. If Arizona would have covered the spread, there would have been a lot of crying last week. Uh, or this week from last week. So I think looking ahead, I don't know. What does that tell you? I know what it tells me. What are you looking at this week? I see you eyeing. Are you eyeing some home dogs? Is that what you're trying to tell me? With all these road favorites? I am saying, yeah, you better, you better not. Again, we went with that overreaction, reaction kind of theme on our recap show. And I think we got to stick with it. Do not blindly, <laughs> do not blindly play these teams that won and won easily last week, because now we're asking them to go on the road and lay a big number. Now, ten of the teams are favored on the road. It's actually nine because the Ravens are playing Jacksonville in London, right? And that's only a four-point line. I thought that should have been higher. I thought when I saw that, I thought, oh, that's Baltimore's line in Jacksonville. No, that's Baltimore's line in a neutral site. I think there's a little value there, and I think that line's going to creep up. I, when I initially saw that, I thought, wow, only four? That doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. But then realizing that's at a neutral site, I actually, it, it takes me back more that it's in London than if it was in Jacksonville. I feel like if it right. was in Jacksonville, I would like Baltimore more. But considering both teams got to fly over, and I don't know if you've watched the last couple of games that have been out in London, they're, they're sloppy, tough, ugly games. And Jacksonville actually has gone the last two years to London. Last year, they won a tough game. I I believe it was against Buffalo in London. I'm pretty sure it was against Buffalo because I had Jacksonville in that game. Right. So this is the one game that I'm kind of thinking, like, if it was in Jacksonville, I would like the Ravens more. But considering it's in London and Jacksonville has experienced with going to London, I think I might stay away from it. That's probably a stay away from game. I always recommend staying away from the London games because of the trip. You have no idea what you're going to get as far as uh, when they go, how they end up over there, even the weather. I mean, even the field. Right. The field Exa- is cut like a yeah, soccer the f- field. Exactly. The field is the yeah. biggest problem. Right. So I always recommend those stay away. But, I mean, we got Steelers laying more than a touchdown at Chicago. Miami, after a cross-country trip, is now going to the Jets laying almost a touchdown. Denver laying points on the road in Buffalo. Um, Atlanta laying points in the dome. Detroit. I mean, I know yeah. the teams are good. The best one, though, is still Cleveland laying a point at Indianapolis. I just say it out loud. It just doesn't work. It just cannot. It doesn't sound right. Right. But even the Raiders, Sunday night, they're laying three at Washington. Washington's not bad. And we're going to ask them to make another cross-country trip. They went Tennessee first. Out home, destroyed the Jets. Now we're coming back to play Sunday night. I can't believe these games are all over a field goal with the road team. It's definitely an interesting week to watch the line movement. Like another I can one, tell you, 
I can tell you one the public's going to be on. You can just check the Patriots all the way up to 14. If you're going to bet the Patriots, do it before Friday because the line's going to get to 14. Lines, yep, the line's going to get to 14, and the Patriots are going to cover. So <laughs> you might as well just go in get your money now. Analysis over with that one. Uh, they got Kansas City's on the road, and there are three. There's threes out there. There's one three and a half over the Chargers on the road. That's a really interesting game to me. Dude, how do the Chargers keep doing it? How do they keep putting themselves in positions to win games and then just not win it? And it It's like... I feel like Philip Rivers is cursed, right? Something like, is happening. I mean, they changed the coaches, and the same thing happened the first two weeks. You can't even make it up. Come just on, that's crazy. Just insane. Um, this is for their season. The way I look at it, though, you, everything that you just talked about, and the fact that this they're gonna this is a division game. You got Kansas City coming in. If they can find a way to manufacture a win here at home. This is, can save their season. Otherwise, you're you're zero and three. Nobody's wanting to come to your games. Your first two games at at home, you lose. It's it's going to be all bad. So this is one of those games to where, as much as I love Kansas City, I, I'm I'm smelling an upset here. So I'm going to watch that line and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna continue to watch it for the week. But I, I'm starting to like the Chargers. I think you're onto something there. That's one we have to keep an eye on because I think if we get off the three in there. The value is taking the points. So far in the first two weeks, there's only one thing that I know that is a for sure. And for me, that's take the under in every Buffalo game. Buffalo Bills, they got a solid defense and they can't score. They like to run the ball. They went under their week one against the Jets. Obviously, they're playing a team that doesn't have an offense. And then last week, they went under against the Panthers. This week, they're playing Denver. And it's in Buffalo. I love it under. I think you're on to something that... That was a nasty game. I, I We had that one on, but not on sound. So I was watching it visually without any audio. There was a lot of hard hitting. It was a pretty boring game. There wasn't a lot of threats in the red zone, but that's because defense was being played. And, I mean, Cam Newton wasn't really his himself. I don't know if he's yep, going to be himself exactly. yet. He was all over the place, missing receivers, in part due to good defense by Buffalo, but also just – they, they were first and goal on the one to get the cover, didn't get there, and, you know, resulted in Buffalo having a shot to actually win the game at the end. But Buffalo's defense is good. You you, you said that before the season. You repeated it in week one. You, you emphasized it last week. I'm on board. I mean, Denver's defense is for real, too. I don't know how we're going to get to 40 there. That's a good number to start at. It's going to close 38 or lower. Right, exactly. Real quick, we'll just touch on Monday night before we go. Cowboys minus three or three and a half at Arizona. Coming off that loss, everybody's burying Zeke for not running after a guy 50 yards away in an interception. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's a lot to much ado about nothing. But what I will say is that Arizona may be done. You were talking about a regime change before for team. And Arizona's getting close to looking like father time has caught up to them. Carson Palmer doesn't look himself, and they're putting a lot on their defense to keep them in games. I'm thinking Dallas gets right in this one. 100% right on the head. I'm looking at this Arizona Cardinals team exactly how I'm looking at the New Orleans Saints. It's just they're old. They're old, and like you said, they need a whole revamp. They need to bring in new, younger players on that offensive side. It's a shame that they lost their best player David Johnson, injuries happen. 
I understand. But their quarterback's old. Their receiving core is old. Their um, their D-line is old. I still like a lot of their corners. So that's their one bright spot. And that would be the one thing that I think will make it difficult for Dallas. But other than that, I think Dallas is going to run the ball up and down on them. Uh, I see Dallas trying to control the game. I think Ezekiel Elliott, like you said, I think he's going to bounce back. I, I can see them doing a lot of a lot of eating this weekend. You know what I mean? A lot of those after first downs. So I think this is one of those games to where Dallas really just they might not you might not see it on the score to where it looks like a complete blowout, but they just it's one of those where the ball possession is just going to be totally favored in Dallas, and they're just going to have the ball most of the time. That's it, brother. That's a, that's a great late night uh, look ahead. And we'll uh, we'll hopefully reconvene later in the week with some more knowledge, and hopefully we'll be able to recover from this Rams 49ers game on Thursday night. Oh yeah, we didn't even. Oh, that's a shame. You know it's bad when you got a game coming up that quick, and we just glanced over it like it wasn't nothing. Like we haven't even noticed that there was a game on Thursday, and, and that's that's a tale of what the NFL is doing with these games on Thursday, man. They're putting out matchups that nobody nobody is going to bother to watch, let alone bet on. There's not even that many fantasy players in that game. That one, that one for <laughs> sure is not going to be watched. I mean, the line is two and a half. The total's 40. That is a snooze fest central. Yeah, man. So with that, it's going to put me to bed right now. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, though, Dave. Thank Thanks, you brother. so much. Have a good night. Thank you to all of our loyal listeners. Um, want to always give a big shout out to Gaming Today, one of our number one sponsors. Um, and we just want to continue to get this content out to you guys. So go to our Twitter and uh, reach out to us any way that you can. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, anything else you want to hear from us. That being said, coming remotely, this is Cast Considerations. Mm-hmm.